Hi there, Scott Hamilton, Rockfile, back with another podcast review for your ears, talking about the 2011 movie, The Mechanic. Grew up in the 70s and 80s. My father was a Clint Eastwood fan and a Charles Bronson fan. I watched a lot of those movies back then uh, growing up. At least when they were on TV, they were edited, you know, so I could watch them. Um, but, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about this. The, it's partially because of the Death Wish movies that people hate sequels. Death Wish, Friday the 13th, Halloween. Studios, especially in the 80s, were making sequel after sequel after sequel, and they were terrible. They were churning out one after the other where they didn't care. They just threw stories together, sometimes didn't have anything to do with the main character. I mean, it was it was a time, boy, but that generated all this, we hate sequels, and now we have, like, Marvel movies, which started with a movie and 20-something sequels after it. <laughs> I know it's not exactly apples and oranges. You know, uh, it's a shared universe. And Okay, I get it. But anyway, they build on each other, so they kind of are sequels. Anyway, I don't have a problem with a remake if it does something different. I don't have a problem with a sequel if it's good. I mean, I don't generally start off disliking either. So when this came out in 2011, we're talking 1972, they can do a whole bunch of modern stuff with a 2011 remake of a 70s movie. Um, And I honestly don't remember the movie that well, the original. Um, It does play out, I guess, a little like this. I'm not real sure. Uh, Anyway. You got a good cast. Jason Statham, Ben Foster, Tony Goldwyn, uh, Donald Sutherland. Wow. You know? Um, And Simon West directed it. If you don't remember his name, Simon West directed some big action movies. Con Air, Laura Croft, Tomb Raider, uh, Expendables 2. He also did The General's Daughter. Biggest claim to fame, he directed Rick Astley's Never Gonna Give You Up in 1987. I'm not kidding. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of movie directors start in videos. That's how they learn directing, so to speak. So watching this now, I haven't thought about it in years. I was moving some stuff around. This one was kind of on top. I'm like, wow, I don't really remember much about that other than I liked it, was glad I bought it. And I did buy the sequel in 4K when it was on sale for under 10 bucks. Um, so let's rewatch it. Why not? Again, COVID times, I'm rewatching things I probably wouldn't rewatch just because uh, there's not a whole lot of new content out there, right? And if I don't remember it, usually after a year or two passes, unless the movie was just so wonderful that I memorized it as it went, I can watch things again within a year or two, usually. So it had been 10 years, and I didn't remember a thing about this movie. So I put it in, and instantly the first thing I think was, oh, Ben Foster's going to screw everybody. (laughs) I understand finding an actor who's good at something, um... There have been many character actors who are good at being character actors, so they're in a hundred movies as these characters, and I get that. Steve Buscemi has a hard time playing a normal person because he's just a you know he's a strange guy and he's a strange looking guy and you know that kind of thing. It's hard to put Steve Buscemi in a normal role. He couldn't play a schoolboy. He could you know there's just certain things he can't do. Um, and Ben Foster is one of those guys that's great at playing the guy that flips out, the guy that goes a little crazy, the guy that backstabs everybody. The guy, you know, he he's good at playing the straight guy and nice guy, but he's he's so many times because he's good at being the nice guy and the straight guy. He's also played the guy that at the very end will stick the knife in, you know. He and and so you see him in movies. I also uh, I recently we watched Pandorum and I'm like I don't think he switches in the end, and it's kind of a different thing, but he was the right guy to play that role because he's very good about this whole 
itchy skin, I'm uncomfortable, you know, he's very good at the things he does, but also now when I see him in a movie, it's like instantly, I don't even know what's going to happen in this movie, he's going to he's gonna stab somebody in the back, he's going to turn around. So Jason Statham plays a mechanic, an assassin, a hitman, and at the beginning he does a, a mission that's great, it's like a assassin's, um, uh, like a hitman movie actually, it looks pretty cool. Um, they get into a little bit of the, not so much the John Wick with the Continental Hotels, but there is a little mythology here about taking missions and things like that. Um, And his, I don't want to call him his teacher, but his mentor's son, the the character played by Ben Foster, um, the mentor passes away and, the, the son who does drugs and stays out all night and has never been serious about anything in his life all of a sudden wants to be a mechanic. And so uh, Jason Statham, you could tell from the beginning, sees through this, but plays it out of respect for his mentor, uh, you know, tries to teach this kid everything he knows, works with him. There's a lot of montages in the film. And this is uh, when I was talking, I was going to talk about CBS Films distributing it. CBS Films has now a lot of the movies they release feel like they could almost be TV movies. This one was a little more R rated and felt a little less like that, but movies that came later, what was that one a few years ago? Um, Assassins something. It was made by CBS films. I checked it out on streaming and I'm like, man, this is a made for TV movie that they just released in theaters. It, it really it had the budget and the, it just the feel of a TV movie. Uh, Michael Keaton was in it. I can't even remember. Yeah. Can't even remember the name of it. There you go. Uh, but anyway, so rewatching the mechanic now, you know, I'm amazed that Donald Sutherland is in it, and I love Donald Sutherland. I go way back with his characters, back to um, some of the great movies he made in the 70s, uh, from Animal House to uh, he's made a few horror films that I really liked. He's just a good, you know, he was just a good old classic actor. Man, his turn in Invasion of the Body Snatchers is legendary. So to see him in this was quite a shock, and I knew he probably wouldn't last long in the film, not to give anything away. Watching the whole movie, it's executed well. The chase scenes, the fight scenes, everything is executed well, but you have in the back of your mind that this is not going to go well with the kid. You just It's Ben Foster playing the role. You can't, you know, you're telegraphing it. Movie was made for $40 million, which is a pretty good budget for a movie like this, but it only grossed about $76 million, so it wasn't a big hit. I don't know how it got a sequel actually, but it did. It got a sequel, which was utterly forgettable, but I'll rewatch it because I really remember nothing about it. I seriously only picked it up because it was so cheap on a Black Friday on 4K that I was like, well, I, I, I mean, just to watch it once would be worth it to pay. It was like $7 or whatever. This movie wound up with about 53% on Rotten Tomatoes, and I think that's pretty generous by today's standards. Um... It's okay. It doesn't hold up that well. The best thing about it's the end. I won't get into the spoilers, but I love the ending. I love what happens with it. I love, you know, how the bad guy gets his. It's just classic. It's just incredibly well done. Maybe I'll put that at the very end. I'll tell you when to to cut out before. Okay, I got to talk about it because I'm not going to do a separate podcast about this movie. But other than that, you know, the movie, I don't know how it got a sequel. It's just okay. I mean, it... 
Statham has made worse movies. I mean, it's definitely not his worst movie. He's good in the role. He's likable. I like Jason Statham. I will watch him just about in anything, uh, as long as there's going to be some action in it. I don't want to see him playing Shakespeare or whatever. Um, but overall, I came, you know, a couple days after watching the film, it was like, yeah, it, I'm already starting to lose it. What I remember is the end. And okay. Thank you for listening. Thank you for liking, sharing, subscribing, therockfile.com, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to talk about the ending now. Here come the spoilers. Stop now if you don't want to know. <laughs> so there is the plot twist where eventually Ben Foster's character, Steve, Steve McKenna, does twist and thinks he gets one up over Jason Statham. He blows up a truck that... Statham is in, the Bishop character is in, he thinks he blew him up. He goes back to his house. Arthur Bishop is the name of the character that Jason Statham plays, the mechanic of the movie. And at this point, you think Jason Statham is dead, and now Ben Foster's character, Steve McKenna, is going to take over as the mechanic, right? So he goes back to the mechanic's house, and he does the things that specifically he was told, don't do it. Don't ever touch or play a record on my turntable don't ever touch my 1966 jaguar first thing he does put a record on the turntable and get behind the wheel of the car as he's driving away in the car he looks over and in the passenger seat there's a note that says steve if you're reading this then you're dead which he laughs at then the car explodes then the house explodes everything explodes then the camera goes back to the gas station and the security video reveals that Bishop slid out of the truck right before the explosion, ran around, got in another truck and drove away. And that's why we have a sequel. I love the ending because I love it where you think the bad guy gets away with it and then the good guy outsmarted him. Yes, sometimes we get the bad guy outsmarted too and dark endings are fun. I really like those too. But in this particular case that Ben Foster's character had been such a pardon my French, a shit through the whole movie. You wanted him to die. And the fact that he got one over on Jason Statham just didn't sit with me the first time I watched this movie, you know? And and that's the one thing they did about the remake. I don't know if it's, it was like that in the original, but I got to say, they did that right. You know, <laughs> they ended it well. So in the near future, I will rewatch the sequel and let you know about, more about that. Do you need to watch this one? Well, if you're just a huge state Jason Statham fan and you've never watched it, sure. It, it's got some decent action scenes with him doing what he does. And I I will love Statham until he's not, not making movies anymore. I don't like every one of his movies, but I will give him the benefit of the doubt because I like him as an actor. He does the things he does. That first Transporter movie and the first couple of things he did, you know, the Grease fight and stuff like that, that endeared me forever. And I loved him in, in uh, Hobbs and Shaw. I think it, he's doing great with that character. Love that movie. I'm glad we're getting a sequel to that eventually. So if you're a huge Jason Statham fan, watch this movie. But otherwise, I would skip it and watch something else. It's just, it's just okay. And when it's over, it's forgettable. And you have better things to watch, right? Anyway, I said all the blah, blah. Thank you for listening. Have a spectacular day.